0: I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Send me, Lord, I am yours. Welcome I to the Gospel yours. Center Pray Life Podcast. Can you believe that just Send one pro life brochure Lord, can save a life? In this episode, we do an interview with Izzy, whose baby's life was saved just because someone got a brochure in her hands. Stay tuned. Send me, Lord. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys joining us in this podcast. We'd appreciate if you guys would share uh, this podcast and leave us a review. We've got a lot of, as we shared on the last podcast, a lot of um, interesting interesting (laughs) reviews from pro-abortion people who don't particularly like what we do, but that's Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, We were able to share some of those reviews and hope that was a blessing to you guys, but um, we've got a special guest Today in this podcast, we think this really will be a blessing to you guys. This is a mom that chose life uh, back in 2018, who's just been a blessing to the ministry. Izzy, and uh, she's joining us on Zoom. Of course, you guys can't see her, but you'll you'll hear her. So if the audio is a little choppy, that that might be why. But hopefully, it'll be good quality for you guys to listen. And hopefully, this interview will be a blessing to you guys. And these interviews are designed not just to show how great of a ministry we have, although we think it is great. But it's to uh, equip you guys. Maybe there's some things, some mistakes we made in reaching Izzy, things we could have done better, and she's going to share with us maybe things we could have done better, maybe things we did perfectly. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But either way, we want you guys to just be equipped. And so sometimes you can learn from other people's experiences, and we can certainly learn from uh, the perspective of a mom who came to an abortion center. That's always helpful because perspective is oftentimes... Uh, massively helpful for us to just connect with the heart of someone who maybe we have never been in their shoes before so okay. uh, so Izzy's with us today uh, she's got her little girl Nazzi in the back seat asleep and uh hopefully she'll stay asleep for this interview but uh yeah so so Izzy just introduce yourself real quick and uh And then we'll get into just sharing some of your story, some of your background, and and what ultimately brought you to the Abortion Center, and then ultimately what what turns you away.
1: So, hi, I'm Izzy. Thank you guys for having us on your show. Um, It's a blessing to have met you guys.
0: Yeah, it's a blessing to know you, Izzy. Mm -hmm. You've been a real blessing to our ministry for sure. Very
2: special woman.
1: Thank you. And you guys are very special to us, too. Um, I grew up in New York City. I was, um, I grew up in the Bronx when I was 11, my parents got divorced. They both got into new uh, relationships almost immediately. I had moved in with my mom and, you know, she would go out with her partner. I would be home alone on the weekends and I had lots of freedom. I made friends from the neighborhood who were a lot older than me. I started smoking pot. Eventually I dropped out of school and I just went downhill from there.
0: Hmm.
1: I have seen God's hands deliver me time and time again, even while I was in sin. Yeah. You see the seed was planted in me at a young age. I have family who pastor a church in the Bronx in which I was actually dedicated by my uncle through marriage there in that church. Mm. Um, my, My father wound up going to prison. My mom and I unfortunately never had a good relationship. It's now a work in progress. And I'm praying to God that he will restore our relationship.
0: Yeah. Amen.
1: Um, I know, I, I knew that I needed a drastic change and I had no idea where to start. Now I have a childhood friend. It's pretty funny cause I actually met her at this same church where I, I told you that I was dedicated to, to God at and she's been living in North Carolina for quite some time now and she's been trying to convince me to move here for the longest. And I never took her up on it until then. Yeah. Um, She tells me she has a job for me here, but I had to stop smoking. I had never stopped smoking weed before. Like I could have headaches, a cold, I could be dying and I I would never stop smoking. Yeah. Mm. I'd always smoke. So this, I I didn't know how I was going to pull it off. But God, right? Yeah. I prayed to God for his assistance. And on April 19, 2017, that morning I didn't smoke. And then I didn't smoke for the entire day. And I had no idea how I was going to pull this off. And I'm, I just want to state a fun fact for those that that are familiar with 420. It's National Weed Smoking Holiday. Yeah. April 20th. So just the day before was my first day that I hadn't smoked. Wow. That's just God showing off. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, so how am I going to pull this off? Um, I get a call. From a buddy of mine who I actually used to play golf with. And he invites me to Florida to play golf that upcoming weekend. This gentleman is actually a recovered addict. And his field of work was helping people get off of drugs. Okay. This man had no idea what I was going through at that time when he invited me to go out to Florida to this golf outing with him. So that was another God moment. Yeah. Um, I was getting cravings here and there, but I um I was distracted. you know, I was playing golf and I wasn't thinking about it. On our way back, um, I start sweating, I'm getting withdrawals, and I'm even feeling suicidal. And lucky for me, I'm thirty three thousand feet in the air.
0: Yeah mm.
1: so now I, i'm I'm desperate. And I'm in my head and I'm like, OK, I'm going to make all the changes, uh, all the necessary arrangements that I need to move to, to Charlotte. So I call my friend and I tell her I'm ready to go. So I mail my stuff down south and my uh, my friend had a job for me here and God is just helping me in a supernatural way. So because, at that point,
0: uh, you're 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 trying to get away from the old friends and the culture that you were kind oh of yeah, immersed in. Lifestyle yeah oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: so it's like there's this open door to come to North Carolina, and uh, and ultimately you kind of check all the boxes that you need to check, and, and your bags are packed, and you're headed this way.
1: That's it. That's exactly yeah. what happened. So I get to North Carolina, and I start working with my friend. Then I pick up another job. Eventually I'm working three jobs, and I'm back down to two. And I get transferred from my first job to another location, and now I meet, at this new location, I meet my daughter's father. Okay. So I'm new here, he's you know, taking me out, we are, um, he's showing me around town, and we, I mean, we pretty much hit it off, and come November, I I find out that I'm pregnant.
2: Mind you, I'm sorry.
1: I, I had moved here on May 7th of 2017. So that was only six months that yeah. I had been here in Charlotte and here I am pregnant. Mm. So just imagine the desperation. like yeah. I had just left New York behind to start a clean slate. I come here and I'm just on to get my feet wet, get established. And now I'm pregnant yeah. with a guy that I barely even know. Yeah. So I run to the abortion clinic and I meet you wonderful people offering us help and hope. And best of all, Jesus. Yeah. Was the father of
2: the baby pushing you uh, for the abortion? Did he even know about the baby?
1: Um, we had both decided that it was, in fact, very soon. He has three other children. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our daughter's his fourth. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely um, some pressure there. But uh, at the end, he was very supportive. Like once we were in the abortion clinic and he, you know, I, I broke down in tears you know, reading this pamphlet and he knows of God too. So I I know that he was also convicted.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just to help other folks who are, who are listening, who are maybe out at an abortion center or praying about going out to an abortion center, walk us through real quick. Um, maybe even from making the appointment to showing up for the appointment and kind of what the scene was when you actually showed up, maybe some of the things that when you made the appointment that they told you and uh, and just kind of set that stage for folks that are listening, if if you can.
1: Well, when I called, it's actually pretty um, interesting because there was some times when I had, um, I had gotten cold feet. I thought yeah. it. I was going to, have my baby. I was going to get an abortion and I was kind of ping-ponging back and forth from that. And I tried to make a prenatal appointment and it was so much harder to make a set a prenatal appointment than it was to set an abortion, um, yeah. to get an appointment to get an abortion. And so when I, I called them and uh, they asked me to just bring my ID and $400 and that's all I would need. They made my appointment. I came in and the place was congested. Yeah. There was nowhere to sit they had this movie on and like the girls were just watching TV and laughing. And I just couldn't believe it. As a matter of fact, there was a girl there who must've been at least six months pregnant. Her stomach was huge.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's, uh. And I mean, it's no interesting remorse. that you it's, say it's that. It's
1: like, it's a normal thing. It was,
0: I was going to say, it's interesting that you I'm say sorry, that man? about the, uh the ease of making the appointment as opposed to the difficulty of making an appointment to an OB doctor. It's like, you know, it's, you can just call up on the phone. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll take you. We'll take you. Just uh, bring your $400 and your ID. You try to make an OB appointment. <laughs> Sometimes that can be a, a pretty difficult process. And I process. have to wait two months. Yeah. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. that's a shame. Did they right. do any kind of counseling over it the was. phone? I
1: couldn't
0: believe
2: it. Did they counsel you? I mean, the abortion center, did they counsel you over the phone or anything like that prior to you showing up? No, no, not at all.
1: It was like, yeah, I did just come in. Okay. Can you come in in the morning? We have an opening in the morning. And that was it. It's normal. It's like if I was ordering food from DoorDash.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so you were talking about kind of how it was when actually you came in to the abortion center. You said it was it was packed inside of there. There was a young lady in there that was yes. uh you said she was looked like she was 6 months pregnant. Kind of continue yes. on that vein and she just share sorry. kind of what it was like in there.
1: There was nowhere to sit. Um these girls were just glued to the tv I couldn't believe it you know it, like we're killing our babies our babies right now their hearts are beating inside of us they're feeding off of whatever we ate this morning or mm-hmm. you know and and here they are they're watching this movie and they're just laughing and and it's it's like nothing the girls are they work there are just answering phones and making appointments and just chewing their gum and blowing bubbles with you know blowing bubbles with their gum and it it's absolutely normal it's yeah. just normal it's kind of like it's a just
0: another day at the a, office. a nonchalant kind of atmosphere like just you know, like you said another day at the office right and and how did that kind of strike you i mean obviously it struck you as as odd and as troubling but what were you, what was going on in your heart at that time you're in this waiting room full of people um you you've sense because You've known the Lord, and so you're sensing some of the darkness. I'm sure that's right. inside of that place. Exactly. What's going through your mind? What's going through your heart at that moment when you're sitting in that exactly. waiting room and you're still going back and forth of whether or not you should go through with the abortion?
1: Right. So now I'm in the, abor- in the abortion clinic, and I have this pamphlet in my hand, and I'm reading through it. I'm now being explain that pamphlet. The the, explain Spirit. that
2: pamphlet for a second and see, because I'm not sure, um, or maybe I missed it, but where and how did you get that pamphlet?
1: So this pamphlet, when we drove. Into the abortion clinic, there were amazing people standing outside, okay. angels of God, that um, were offering us help, pleading with us not to kill our babies. Mm-hmm. And I received this pamphlet from one of the sidewalk counselors. Okay. And I did, in fact, bring this pamphlet inside with me. And, and they didn't—they didn't, to they didn't try to grab it or anything. They didn't no? even see it. It was okay. like invisible to them. It—it it, it was a spiritual thing, honestly. Wow. It was a supernatural thing. They did not see it, and I brought it in with me. I began to skim through it, and I saw the pictures. I read the scripture on there, and then I saw a picture of an aborted fetus in the back of the book. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, it said that that baby was eight weeks old, mm-hmm. and I was 14 weeks pregnant. Wow! I mean, my daughter was was pretty much formed. Yeah. Already, you know, I had. I had heard that, you know, they're just cells that they don't feel anything. And so, you you know, I believe the lies and I'm like, OK, well, they're not going to feel anything. And I I can't have this baby right now. I'm not ready. And and the devil is a liar. Yeah, I, I met one of the moms that I'm sorry, not a mom. She she was an employee at Planned Parenthood and she gave a testimony in which she said. And this stood with me that when um, a mom was sedated and they had to perform. Um, use the ultrasound to locate the baby before they perform the abortion. Mm -hmm. And that she saw that the baby was fighting for its life and trying to grab onto its mom. And that, that just, that just stood with me. I've never forgotten those words. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So this is an important point for folks who are listening to this podcast, again, who are out there on the sidewalks or praying about going out at their local abortion center. And what Izzy is sharing is, is pretty powerful, but it's it pretty basic mm-hmm. in that what really helped change her mind was a piece of literature. Yeah. And as actually, it was Vicki that got that piece of literature to you. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and so, because it it, we might think, people tend to think like, well, I've got to be like, I've got to have all the answers. I've got to have all the stuff figured out. I've got to say everything just right. I've got to whatever, whatever people are using as, as fear and reasons why they might not go out and minister at an abortion center, when in this case, your baby was saved because somebody handed you or slipped a piece of literature in your vehicle, uh-huh. and and God used that piece of literature. Vicki didn't really particularly say a word herself, but that literature spoke volumes is what I'm hearing you say. That's
1: right, yes, and prayer, prayer.
0: Yeah, so one of the things the Bible says, and it, and it's an important truth that we all need to, as children of God, understand and uh, allow it to minister to us. Where Paul talks about, he plants a seed, Apollos comes along and, and waters, but God gives the increase, mm-hmm. right? So you so. had some seeds planted in you pretty early. You said 11 years old, even mm-hmm. before that, you were raised in church. So there's these seeds that. Mm-hmm. that are planted. They obviously had not had not grown up into what God intended because you ultimately fall into the kind of drug lifestyle and, and just turned away from the Lord. And yet those seeds were still there. And what happened really is as far as what I'm hearing is when Vicky gave you that piece of literature, that was just pouring water on that seed it had been planted some years ago, but Vicki poured right. some water on that seed. And here it is. This seed um, is, is growing and growing and growing. And ultimately that seed growing in your heart translated into your precious little girl being saved. So talk a little bit about that. So you have the literature, you're reading through it, you see that powerful image, and there's some images in that booklet of babies in the womb, but also that powerful image in the back of the booklet, which is a baby that's a victim of abortion. And you see that, the horror of what you're about to do, and that whole blob of tissue, clump of cells, that whole lie that people use, that's just dispelled. That darkness has been uh, dispelled by the light of truth what happens after that point though you see that you, you know that I can't do this do you leave immediately or how's that how's that I, I
1: scenario started to cry work out? and I and I tell um, my daughter's father that I, I, I just can't I look at him and I'm like I can't do this I just can't and he's like so let's go and I there was a line um, of girls waiting to be to check in I guess for their appointment yeah and I I'm like excuse me and I got in front of the person who was in front of the line and I asked a girl for my ID and she just she's like, what's what's wrong? Are you all right? And I'm like, I, I, I just I just can't do this. And she tried to tell I remember her saying, oh, come on, girl, like like it's nothing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's fine. Oh, don't worry about it. It's nothing like but they were so busy, like if maybe if they wouldn't have been so many people there and the phones wouldn't have been ringing off the hook. They probably would have tried to stop me, yeah, to talk me into into going through with the abortion. Yeah, it sounds like they were starting yeah, to was, do
2: that, right? They—that's yeah, what they were attempting yeah, I, to do.
1: I I caught that vibe from her. I, I yeah, did because wow. she was being very hesitant and giving me my license. And um, yeah, and I, and I grabbed my license, and we were out of there. Yeah, and we drove right past you guys. And yeah, how I wish that I would have said something to you guys then, but.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, what was going through your mind? Just that you just wanted to get out of there as fast as possible.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I felt such a desperation. Yeah, yeah.
0: Was there a sense of? I mean, I, I know because we've talked to thousands of women going into abortion centers, and so we know there's there, there's this fight of um, potential regret, but also relief of maybe having the abortion. But was there when you left that abortion center? Was there a sense of relief? Or maybe a sense of regret, or maybe a little bit of both. What was the what was the feeling driving down the road?
1: Honestly, a little bit of both at the time. Yeah. Um, I remember I had just been here six months. I really didn't know this guy, and I, I knew, and I, I don't want to say it, that, but um, I felt that there was gonna be some kind of hindrance. Yeah. You know, but uh, she she is truly a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. To me, she really is. She has saved me.
0: Yeah. So really I want to, again, folks that are listening who are going out to their abortion center or maybe not yet going out, I want you guys to understand kind of the scenario here. And this this actually plays out a lot more than we think. Because mm-hmm. we might tend to think, okay, a mom chooses life, so she's, of course, going to walk over to the sidewalk or she's going to stop in the driveway and let us know. That was not necessarily the case. That was not the case for you. It's not necessarily the case for many of the moms that choose life. Uh, There are stories that I think that that we're not going to find out about until we stand before the Lord and the Lord shows us Mm -hmm. these babies that were saved. And I can say this for you, Izzy, and and for your daughter, Nazzy. You guys have been on kind of a national platform and shared your testimony and still continuing to share your testimony and even sharing on social media. There's going to be babies that are saved, Izzy. That you won't find out about right. until you stand before the Lord uh, that were saved because you shared your testimony because of this podcast even right now. yeah, I mean, this I'll is an equipping that. podcast that helps equip Christians, and people are going to be really encouraged. People, The boldness of God is going to rise up in people that are listening to this podcast, that they can actually go and they can stand and they can hand out literature. And babies are going to be saved just through you sharing this this testimony.
2: Right, and they can also not be dismayed when they don't see any visible fruit because we didn't know that day. In fact, as I recall, it was at least several weeks or maybe months later that you did call me because we put our number right. yeah. on the back of the... So you had my number and my name, mm-hmm. and, um, and sometime later you decided to
1: call, right? Yes, your number was in the back of the pamphlet. I was very hesitant. Yeah. and and using that number. And why is that? I was so ashamed. I mean, how how do I call and say, "Hey, I was I'm the girl that was going to kill her baby." You know, yeah. like I was I was ashamed. I was really embarrassed. Uh-huh. But I'm so glad that I did call you. Yeah. Yeah. And that what a great idea you put in your number back there by the way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's something we encourage all of the the folks that we train to do sidewalk ministry whether it be our volunteers here locally or the sidewalk missionaries that we're raising up nationally is to have some kind of personal contact number because there are many women like yourself that would take a piece of literature and going on on into the parking lot and maybe choose life or maybe take a piece of literature and keep driving but we don't really know some of the needs that they have that i mean we've got thank god so many resources to help meet these needs and we mm-hmm. want to meet those needs yeah but so many will just take a piece of literature, and so to have a personal contact number on there, and we are intentional about it being handwritten, too, so that you know there's there's personal contacts, not just some printout, even though printouts are great, right? right? Um, but it's a personal contact number. Now, for some folks who may be thinking, well, I don't want to put my contact number on a piece of literature because I don't want it just going out to everybody, Maybe get a Google Voice number or some other number that's not your number. Vicky. you yeah. put your personal number there. And that's kind of risky. I do. But it's paid off, yeah. especially in, in Izzy's story. But, I mean, you I have get, moms that text you. I get calls you.
2: all the time. I get calls all the time. Calls from moms that are seeking help. But I'm wondering, Izzy, why uh, why you waited so long to call? And why did you call? So you waited maybe out of embarrassment, not knowing who I am. I'm a stranger. Mm-hmm. You so. But what... What finally made you call? What was going on?
1: I felt that I had to give you the credit that you deserved. I wanted to let you know that because you were standing out there and you gave me this literature that, um, that I had, in fact, chosen life for my baby. Hmm. And I, I wanted to see, I, I was kind of, I guess, looking for a friend, looking for someone that I can talk to that could maybe understand Mm-hmm. the situation I was in mm-hmm. and I wasn't expecting to be as blessed as I was by it either.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's good that you say that. Expound on that a little bit. So when you reached out to Vicky, you were more, the the motivation was just, hey, thank you for being out there. You felt kind of almost like, I don't know, beholden to her because she helped you to, to choose life just with that literature. But it became more than just, hey, thank you, see you later. It became a relationship and not just a relationship yeah. with Vicky, but a relationship with the church here, here in Charlotte. Right.
1: Right. Right. Uh, Vicky is, I love her so much. She is so easy to talk to. She connected me to uh, a mentor mm-hmm. and also connected me to the body of Christ. I, she, um, um, gave me so many phone numbers with different resources for job placement, schooling, like you name it. We had it. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. My mentor celebrated us with an amazing baby shower. I, I told Vicky the other day, I texted her. I still have books and toys that Nazi can't use until she's five years old. Wow. That's amazing. And I mean, yeah. I hadn't bought diapers for like a whole year. Wow. I, I didn't buy diapers at all. Like, it, yeah, we got everything from cribs. I mean, there's so many things that, that we received that I wasn't expecting to be as blessed as we were. Mm-hmm. really we're blessed in so many ways
2: yeah and you're still in touch with that mentor right she's oh, become, yeah. a, become a come a friend yes. right yeah, yeah. so that was a, a, a mentor a mentor through love life charlotte who helped yes. you helped provide resources and became a, a good friend yes yeah yeah
0: now one of the things that i think is is pretty cool now by god's grace we see um i mean not enough but praise god enough moms choose life if you know what i mean i mean one, one baby killed through abortion is too many, yeah. and every life saved is a tremendous blessing. And so we see, on a regular basis, moms choose life, and we praise God for that. But it's not very often that we see a mom who chose life actually bring her baby out to the abortion center. And it seems like you, you're you pretty intentional. Every time you're in town, you're still back and forth to New York some, right, with, with family and all of that. Yes. And you come and visit mm-hmm. And it's like you're intentional about stopping by and encouraging us and bringing little Nazi.
1: Always. What does it I, feel I love to like? Drive
0: by. Yeah. What does it feel like to to know that okay, at one time you were in that abortion center, you're about to take the life of your baby, but now here you are standing on the sidewalk, and I've I've literally seen you there holding Nazi and even reaching out there and even engaging with some of the pro-abortion people. What what's that feel like? Just being there on the sidewalk?
1: That's that's only something God can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love dropping by every time we're in town and, and encouraging everyone out there and remind them that they're not standing there in vain. I know that these pro-choicers <laughs> are constantly attacking and mocking them and telling them that they're not doing anything.
2: In fact, the last time that you were out there, which was recently, uh, they told me that w- we had paid you and that you were a plant. That, that <laughs> And I know you poured out your heart to them, showing them nazi. And, uh, and their response. I know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That, that's insane. I mean, you guys didn't even know I was in town. No. <laughs> I popped up on you guys. You were training. I, I think you were training those, uh, those was. Ladies that were that's there, correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. turned around, you saw me and you were like, Hey, what are you doing here? You guys had no idea I was in town.
2: And yeah, well, apparently we planted you to convince people that, that, uh, <laughs> that we uh, oh, tell the truth. The devil truth. is a liar. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's been a, kind of a pretty common theme in, in many of the stories, and especially your story, is that God is good, but the devil is a liar. <laughs> right. <laughs> the devil that's uses right. all kinds of people, all kinds of just manipulation of, of these ideas, just simply like you said, that it's just a blob of tissue or a clump of cells. And the devil influences women to go into abortion clinics, take the lives of their babies, believe in the lie that it's a blob of tissue or a clump of cells, he right. uses that same yeah, lie to, anything? yeah. He mm-hmm. uses that same lie to fuel the abortion industry and the people that are working behind the desk, the pro-abortion people that are standing out front, just being vile. Just this this whole lie that it's just a blob of tissue or a clump of cells. But Izzy, we know better. You you got your you got your blob of tissue, your clump of cells <laughs> in the back seat there, Miss nazi who right. <laughs> is just a tremendous blessing. Oh, Talk a yes. little bit about she what has God has done in me. your life through through her being in your
1: life so because of Nazi I I was blessed with the gift of motherhood I stopped partying I stopped smoking and um, it led me because of you guys introducing me to the body of Christ all over again I am um, and I was clear-headed from not doing drugs and smoking and glad God had cleansed me on the inside so that my baby can have a healthy womb to grow in Yeah um she she has been such a tremendous blessing, and she has literally just changed me.
0: yeah
1: she has changed me, and i'm I feel like I'm a better me because of her, and of course to God the glory yeah. first and foremost, and Amen. I'm so thankful to you guys too for being out there and standing in the gap.
2: Yeah. yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. um I think your relationship with God did change um from the oh, moment yeah. to, from the moment that you made that choice for life, you returned to the same circumstances, the same worries. The same fears, the same, same guy, guy. Uh, the same just moving there six months ago, and now you're pregnant with not quite knowing how you're going to manage. But something changed in you when you made that choice to follow God, which really is what that was, that choice to have your baby yeah. was the choice. So how, how has your relationship with God changed and developed since that moment?
1: Oh, well, it has not been easy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, when we give our lives to Christ, uh, a lot of us think that it's going to be easy, and it's not. I feel like um, I've actually been attacked more than I used to mm-hmm. when I was in the world. Yeah. But it, it is a narrow path, and I understand why. Um, you know, Shelly baptized me. Yeah. And Shelly, you know just yeah, just I for
2: got... the people that are listening that may not know, Shelly was um, and, and still helps with uh, appointing mentors to moms who choose life. And so she knew you from very early on and and was a very good friend from the beginning and helpful. She connected to me to my mentor. She connected right, yeah. you, correct. Yeah.
1: And she baptized me. I actually got baptized on the day of Pentecost.
0: Uh-huh. Wow.
1: Yeah, May 31st. Uh-huh. And um this this walk with God yeah has definitely not been easy but it's it's worth it. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm seeing his hand move in a tremendous way. -hmm. Especially the way times are now, these days we are. I do believe that we are living in the last days. Yeah. And, you know, those who are standing in the gap for these babies are under massive attack in the Mm -hmm. spirit realm because, no doubt about it. uh, This is modern day um, sacrifices to Moloch. Oh, yeah. It definitely is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally agree with you there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That pastor Mm -hmm. um, a couple of days ago just talking to me about that very, that very point. And just kind of the view, you know, you look at Israel back in the days of the prophets and how they had rebelled against God and, and sacrificed their children to Molech and to Baal, and mm-hmm. God judged the children of Israel because of that. What we're seeing in this day and age is not too much different. I mean, we, we have the high places, these abortion clinics, people are going, and they may not be directly sacrificing to, to Molech or to Baal or to, to demons, but they're certainly sacrificing to... Uh, their college education, their boyfriend, Mm -hmm. their whatever relationship they're trying to maintain, their Mm -hmm. status quo. Now, some are (laughs) sacrificing to demons and and making, I mean, we've certainly seen some of that in (laughs) some of our Facebook interactions and some of our reviews on our podcast where these people are just blatantly Satan worshipers. Uh, But mostly in America, the Satan worship is kind of under the, you know, it's under the radar or whatever, but it's still, darkness, it's still the spirit of death nonetheless. Yeah, it is. And that's mm-hmm. a reality that, that many Christians don't really understand. We were made for battle. Battle is not fun. It's not easy, mm-hmm. but we were made for battle. Mm-hmm. And so as we kind of wrap this up, um, all you guys who are involved on the sidewalk, all of you guys who are praying about getting involved on the sidewalk— Now is the time for the church to rise up. Now is the time for us to stand and boldly proclaim who Jesus is, his standard of truth, not the world's standard of truth, but God's standard of truth. And God's word does not return void. You're hearing that with Izzy and what God did in her life. There are women all over these United States and all over the world who are believing some of the same lies that she believed, and they're going into abortion clinics all across this nation. They're under this spirit of, of delusion and darkness, and they're going to mm-hmm. sacrifice their children to these false gods, to these false ideas, and someone needs to stand in the gap. Who's called to do that? It's not politicians. It's mm-hmm. not.
2: Not the Supreme Court. It's not
0: the Supreme Court. Yeah. Donald Trump's not going to fix this problem. Joe yeah. Biden certainly is not going yeah. <laughs> to fix this problem. It right. is the church of Jesus Christ that is called to stand in the gap. Mm-hmm. And so I want to encourage you guys. Some of you are still dragging your feet. You've been listening to this podcast for a while, and you've been praying, I want to get involved and listen to this podcast because mm-hmm. after all, these people are doing a great work. Well, it's not us. It's, it's actually the Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christian, you've got Him in you. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. And what you say, okay. what you do, the literature that you hand out, the relationships that you that you offer and that you build – out there on the sidewalk are going to bear fruit for the Lord. Now, like like Izzy said, it's not easy, right? No one's be- believing the lie that as soon as Izzy chose life, that her whole life became just a bed of roses and it was easy. No, it was a battle. But it was a battle where the Lord fights with you. That's the Lord right. is fighting on our side. Okay. When we take up that shield of faith and we wield the sword of the Spirit, the Lord is fighting alongside us. So Izzy... I appreciate you so much just sharing your testimony. I appreciate you just sharing the the encouragement that you shared. It's massively encouraging to me and I know mm-hmm. to Vicki.
2: Always uh, has been. Izzy, you're very unusual and, um, and biblical yeah. in a sense in that um, of the ten lepers that were healed, nine happily went on their way rejoicing but not turning around to thank God. And to thank the one who had healed them. But you do. You consistently turn around over and over and over again to say thank you. And it means so much to us. You invariably do it on a very dark day when we sorely need yeah. some encouragement. God seems to always send you at just the right moment. Yeah. So it, that has been why, for me, Izzy is just one of my favorites. Oh, always yeah. will be. <laughs> yeah. She just has so much gratitude in her heart. And I think that that is evidence of a heart that has been truly transformed by our Savior.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Izzy, thank again, we you. Th- thank you for coming on and, and sharing with us. And uh, with that, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Thank so, you for guys,
1: us. We love you guys so much, and we're so grateful for you and everything you guys do. Yeah, Always you. remember, it's not in vain. Amen. Anyone listening, it's not in vain.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank, Amen. thank you, sister. So with that, guys, uh, we appreciate you listening. Again, as we started out, we'd love for you guys to leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love for you guys to share this podcast with other folks you think would be blessed by it. Um, Shoot over ideas that you might have for future podcasts for us, and uh, we'd certainly love to, to put those ideas into a podcast. If you have questions, maybe you have just some questions about going out to the sidewalk. Maybe you have questions about how to get equipped and how to get involved. We'd certainly love to help you to do that and point you in the right direction. So you can reach out to me at dparks at citiesforlife.com. You can reach out to her at vcasiorg at citiesforlife.com. But until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you.